Welcome to 20th and Blake. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. And as always, I'm very excited to be talking baseball with you here on the show. Usually, I say Colorado Rockies baseball, and I try to keep it on that topic 90 plus percent of the time. I figure there's, you know, there's a lot of coverage out there of a lot of other baseball teams. And I think Rockies fans, unfortunately, are often kind of uh, (laughs) hit over the head with coverage of a team that is not their own and i figure if you want that there are lots of other places you can go you tend to come to me specifically for colorado rockies chat and so i try not to do too many of these types of podcasts that said the colorado rockies are of course following their annual tradition of not doing anything in the off season which doesn't give me a ton to talk about Uh, there are a few other things especially as we get through the holiday season here where i want to start ramping up looking at every player on the roster doing some preseason predictions and you know that stuff's usually easier to do once they've done their offseason we'll see if they have uh, much of an offseason all of that said there was something that's been on my mind lately i've been having some conversations with people around it because you may have heard that coach sanders yes uh, Dion sanders is coming to colorado uh, for for the football program uh, back where i used to go to school and so uh I'm, it's funny because I was never the biggest college football fan, and I certainly wasn't when I was at CU. Uh, and part of that is they were they'd been pretty bleh for for quite some time, right? To the best of my knowledge, again, I didn't pay the the closest attention. I just don't ever really remember them being relevant and often being quite bad. And it seems as though this is the biggest thing that's maybe ever happened to that program again. I don't know, not a historian. I know Cordell Stewart. Uh, that is about it, right? But obviously, Deion Sanders has been big in the news. It's a big sports story here in Colorado. And you won't be surprised to guess that my entryway into thinking about it is, of course, through the baseball. But this is something that I've honestly always been very, very interested in. Uh, I'd love to do. If there was an excuse, maybe I don't need an excuse to do an entire show about Bo Jackson as well. Uh, We can just do that, right? We're making up the rules here as we go along. But... I did want to dive into Deion Sanders' baseball career because I think most people rightfully recognize that Bo Jackson was better at doing both and that he uh, had much more impressive baseball numbers, uh, especially because the guy could really, you know, crack a home run. But, and so I think by comparison, because there's only a handful of, of guys over the years, and certainly in modern memory, there's basically just these two who performed in these two different sports at the highest level for any kind of sample size that they could even be compared, right? There are other people who've done it a little bit, but these are the two guys who get compared. And and sure, okay, next to Bo Jackson, most of us don't look all that great. But I'm going to run through some numbers here, but I really want to talk about the context of this. You know, remember that guys like Michael Jordan, one of the greatest athletes of all time, you know, kind of flamed out in double-A baseball. And I've talked before about how that's actually one of the more impressive things he did in his career was that he was starting to hang with double-A and he went straight to double-A. He didn't get to do rookie ball or low-A or high-A, any of that stuff, because the stadiums wouldn't hold the number of people who needed to come out and see Michael Jordan, right? And so, of course, Deion Sanders has a very unusual 
baseball career. Never played more than 100 games in a season. Missed three seasons entirely just from focusing more on football in 1996, 98, and 99. Uh, And doesn't have numbers that really jump off the page at you if this was, you know, any other kind of random player. Uh, But in context, it's absolutely incredible that this guy, who is one of the greatest football players of all time, was also able to have a legitimate nine-year baseball career. You know, you, you talk to anybody in the league, and they'll tell you that one of the biggest accomplishments for the for the guys, for the guys in those clubhouses, is getting to that 10th year. 10 years in the league is a huge deal. And the only reason Deion Sanders didn't is because he kept going to play professional football at the highest level, where, by the way, he also played offense and defense. Uh, just so as I was I was getting on this rant, because, you know, my, my wife was obviously familiar with who Deion Sanders is, but didn't really know, you know. So when I started explaining, I was like, this is good podcast fodder. Let, let's get into this. So let's do the big numbers at the end. He did play in parts of nine different seasons, 641 games, though, because like, as I said, he was like traveling back and forth. He wasn't able to be a full time player. There were also other times he was was like a bench guy or whatever, but 641 games played, uh, 2,325 plate appearances. Not bad, right? Got 558 hits, 72 doubles. 43 triples, hit 39 home runs in his career, drove in 168, uh, and he stole some bases, 186 stolen bases. Uh, Obviously, the guy was an incredible athlete. But his lifetime batting average, 263. On base, 319. And uh, slugging, 392. Not much pop, right? But Deion Sanders, what's the hardest thing to do in sports, right? Hit a baseball. And, and the guy, a 263 average is, is sort of brought down by a couple of low seasons. He usually was a, a 270, 280 and up type of guy. And that's kind of incredible because that's, you know, the skill element of the game where his supreme athleticism wouldn't necessarily, right? We, we all know that. There are a lot of guys who can be, you can be the greatest athlete in the world. And if you can't hit a slider, you can't, it's not going to help you. Right, it's not going to help you lay off the changeup. It's not going to help you with that big twelve to six curveball. Right, your your pure athleticism can only take you so far at hitting a baseball. And so, Deion Sanders having a career two sixty three batting average in six hundred forty one games to me is is remarkably impressive. Uh, but what's what's really impressive was his time in Atlanta. He had four years in Atlanta from 1991 to 1994. And during that span, he hit 277 on base, 328, and even slugged all right, 443. He had a 771 uh, OPS. And again, this is for a guy who was playing an up-the-middle position. He was typically a, a second baseman. And... Uh, you know, I this is one of those things where metrics can be weird, and I, I certainly didn't get enough of an eye test to tell you, you know, what I I think he did there. He could also play uh, in the outfield. He played some center field. Uh, the the metrics aren't especially high or especially low on his defense, but again, it's like so. So the guy was able to play major league caliber up the middle defense at either second or or center field. Not again, he wasn't a great asset, but he he wasn't killing you, right? And 
hit 277, at least during his time in Atlanta. Uh, I, I found that to be absolutely uh, remarkable, truly, truly remarkable. His best season was 1992, uh, again, in Atlanta. He, he played in 97 games, which was a career high, 325 plate appearances. He actually led the league in triples with 14 he drove in 28 runs. He hit eight home runs, which was a career high for him. And again, like none of these numbers are, are astonishing, right? But this is like a guy you would take on the Rockies right now. If, if well, they obviously have their shortstop second base position, right? But th- that's more home runs than Jonathan Daza hit last year. Like, and then, and then here's the slash line, right? 304, 346, 495. Deion Sanders had an OPS plus of 130 that season. That would have like led the Colorado Rockies this past year. And remember that that OPS plus is league and era adjusted. So that's compared to the other players of his time and and balanced out for ballparks and all of that stuff. So that to me that he has a 130 OPS plus season on his resume. Again, while he was also playing football is <laughs> Like, that's insane. That is truly and epically remarkable. He hit over 300, over 97 games, nearly slugged 500. He he obviously using that speed to his advantage, 14 triples to only six doubles and uh, the eight home runs. Uh, And uh, he also wears the, the stolen base numbers, 26 stolen bases that year as well. So the guy was just a major, major asset to his team that particular season. The next best season he had was the following year where he put up a 105 OPS plus and I was good, but 276, 321, uh, you know, on base with 321. He uh, didn't hit nearly as many triples, but did get the 18 doubles and stole 19 bases. The following year, he stole 38 bases. Now he was also caught stealing 16 times and led the league there, but he st- he almost had a 40 stolen base season in 92 games. Uh, so, and that year that's, we're up to 94. Now uh, he hit 283. So for a good solid chunk in the early to mid nineties, Deion Sanders was a reliable, high batting average, up the high batting average guy, up the middle defender, and near elite base runner uh, as well. So that that's pretty pretty remarkable to me. In terms of WAR, never loved him a ton. Uh, again, that season I was just talking about, ninety two was by far his highest. He put up a three point two WAR season. Again, that would have been close to. I think that's, I'd have to go back and look exactly at it, but that's basically what Brendan Rodgers was this last year in, in leading the Colorado Rockies. So again, that 3.2 war season is, is very impressive. The rest of the time uh, he was, you know, the next season's 1.5, 1.1. You got a 0.3, a 0.1. He actually finished strong in 19, well, not no, finished because there was a, <laughs> he, he finished his regular playing time strong in 1995 uh, with a 1.4 war campaign in San Francisco when he came back in 97 uh, it, it was not much of anything and then when he came back and this is remarkable to to me as well uh, he comes back for one year in 1997 plays 115 games at basically replacement level and then he's gone 
for four seasons and comes back in 2001 at age 33 and plays another 32 games of professional baseball. He wasn't very good, though. That's the, the really the only time in his career where he's putting up big negative numbers and kind of hurting his team. So, uh, again, we talk about these types of players a lot in baseball, right? They they t- tend to make up, especially if you're not the Yankees or the Astros or whoever, they, they are, they're going to take up at least 10 spots on your roster are going to be made up of guys who, you know, they need to excel in specific things because guys who excel at everything are superstars. They get paid a lot of money and then therefore take up a whole lot of your budget. Uh, I, I couldn't, what does it have his contract numbers here on? Uh, I've been on the baseball reference page. I think it does. Um, I found them and then I just realized that I have no idea what $3 million equates to today in 1993 money i don't know what i i, I don't know <laughs> it's like i looked it up but I don't, I don't know what good any of that did us maybe y'all can hit me up on twitter and the discord and let me know <laughs> what what that roughly equates to but it doesn't look like he made you know an exorbitant amount of money over his baseball playing career uh certainly it looks like a grand total of 13 million over the nine seasons so paid roughly in accordance with uh, the type of war that he was producing outside of that one season where he was very, very good. The rest of the time, he was just absolutely a guy you could have on your roster. And that's what's mind-blowing is like, without having been a professional football player, this career still could very easily have happened. In fact, what I would argue, and, and this is the thing that I think is most interesting, had Deion Sanders only focused on baseball, these numbers would all be much higher, right? You, you you would have to think so. First of all, just logically, like, yeah, if you're just focused. And it's weird that it didn't go the other way, but I, I think it's pretty well known that he focused more on and cared more about football. That's why he still coaches football, right? But, um, and God, talk about dream guest for the podcast, have him on here and only talk baseball with him. Like, I wouldn't, I would not ask a single, that would be my pitch. Can Coach Sanders come on and talk exclusively baseball with me? Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I just, I'm so fascinated by this career. And again, if he had been playing 130, 145 games a year instead of 90, uh, obviously all of the the baseline stat, just like his raw number of hits and RBI, stolen base, the, the stolen base numbers could have been fascinating because he, he, he could have had multiple... 40 plus maybe a couple of 50 stolen base seasons in there if he'd have played a full year but you just got to figure more time with live bp (laughs) not even in the cages just more time hitting off of major league pitching uh the average numbers would go up as well you know i don't think he was ever going to be you know as his career bore out the grand total of home runs was what 39 yeah, so it was never going to be that more than, you know, so some of my favorite players like Jonathan Daza, Juan Pierre, and, uh, you know, Raimel Tapia and stuff like that. He had a little more pop than those guys, but not much, right? Uh, but And that's probably another reason why I just like this profile so much, right? I think he could have been one of those guys. I think if Deion Sanders didn't care at all about football and had only like this exact same person, just in an alternate timeline, right, had played his career out as just a baseball player, he probably would have had, you know, four or five more 
years, and then each one of those years would have been filled with more games, he probably could have come close to stealing like 300 bases in his career and and being a 300 hitter. One of those guys, again, career OPS plus, 89. Perfect, right? For a high average guy who couldn't slug, but you could at least count on the athleticism to make it play up. Y'all know I love me a 90 OPS plus guy if the batting average is high and he can run a little bit, right? If you got a 90 OPS plus, because you're just, you know, when you're like when it was Ian Desmond, who was, you know, supposed to be hitting some home runs or whatever, you're like, ah, that's frustrating. But when you're, your metrics aren't bearing out necessarily the sum total of your parts. And that that's why I think he's one of those guys, much like my, my guy, Juan Pierre. So the grand total wins above replacement in his career, 5.5. That's on baseball reference. I do think fan graphs had him at 6.2. There it is. Yeah. And, and his WRC plus at 90. So fan graphs liked him just a little bit more over the course of his career. Uh, and do and and they do have him as a plus defender throughout most of it, right? So uh, again, this is one of those things that I think in history, just these types of players, putting aside the Deion Sanders thing, is going they're they're going to gain a deeper appreciation for being you know greater than the sum of their parts. Uh, that we just don't have a way for uh, measuring that quite yet. And the batting average thing is something that I'm always gonna. If if you'll forgive this pun, go to bat for. <laughs> I was walk. Oh look, I walked right into it. There was nowhere else to go. I just I just had to bite the bullet on that one. But I do think that uh, the batting average athlete guy tends to get a little bit underrated in the game of baseball. We know the home run matters a whole lot more, but like I said, you, you, you've got to fill out a roster and you're never going to be able to do it unless you're the Yankees or the Astros right now. Uh, sometimes the Dodgers too, obviously, right? Like with just mashers one through nine. And that's become a, a relatively, that's, that's more of a modern invention, really. Like e- even when I was a kid, which by the way, this uh, career took place when I was a kid, right? Even even as a, a young adult, you still had this idea that middle of the diamond guys, your shortstop, your second baseman, and your center fielder are going to be more athlete types who probably aren't going to hit a ton of home runs, but you need them to be great defenders. You need them to be good base runners, table setters, right? This was just how baseball was played forever. And the idea of like batting Anthony Rizzo leadoff or or Joey Gallo in whatever form Joey Gallo is in whatever season right putting these guys like that would it it just would have absolutely shocked the managers of the 80s and 90s and probably even the early 2000s to see the way these lineups are today and I think that the metrics have bore out that it does make a, a certain amount of sense to do that and and certain older ideas of lineup construction were maybe less important than we thought before. But I also think that these types of players are always going to be important. You're all, and, and until everyone becomes the Yankees, which isn't possible, there's all, every team is going to need these types of players and, you know, they can contribute to, to helping you win. And so when I look over the course of the career of Deion Sanders, I see basically a guy who was, would have been valuable to any roster he would have been on. And, and probably more valuable than these metrics will show out. 
And then when you add all of the context of, wait, the guy basically hit 265, what was it, 263 for his career and was also like a Hall of Fame professional football player. (laughs) Uh, It it is impressive to me. No, like I said, some other time we'll go over Bo Jackson and and do a little bit of comparison if we like and say, yeah, all right, Bo Jackson was was the better all-around athlete for sure. But don't don't sneeze at uh, Coach Sanders' baseball career, right? The and and when you really look into some of this stuff, I I see a guy who could have been uh, not probably maybe not a Hall of Fame baseball player, and so that's probably why he focused on football. He was probably right in that way to do it, right? But he could have been one of those dudes who. Everyone remembers very fondly for being a great player in the game, right? Like I said, like my guys like Juan, Juan Pierre or like an Omar Vizquel or somebody like that. Uh, but obviously, it's it's probably better for prime time. No, it is. I'm, I'm going to take the probably. <laughs> I think things have worked out okay. Uh, but yeah, I just, I just felt like diving into that today. Um, I, I was surprised because I had always remembered him as, yeah, he played a little bit of baseball, but... Uh, I was I I didn't remember it being in parts of nine seasons. You know, in my memory, it was like, didn't he go and play baseball for like three or four years before giving that up and just focusing on football full time? It's like, no, he went, he played for like six years, then went and played football for a season, then came back and did more baseball. And you could tell he loved it. Like, you don't do that if you don't love the sport, like as as much as, you you know, you could say clearly he cared more about football. Like you don't. The grind of baseball is brutal, man. And and trying to hit a baseball is one of the most frustrating things that a human can do. I, I've often said, you know, there's nothing tragic, obviously. There's a, there's nothing, it's not like the hardest thing you can do is hit a baseball. No, no, it's the most frustrating thing that you, because like you can do, uh, it's not even that you can do nine out of 10 things correctly and still fail. You can do 10 out of 10 things correctly and still fail. You can properly guess the pitch and the location, the rough velocity and movement of the pitch. You can have every intention of getting the barrel to it and having your perfect swing inside of what you do, meeting the baseball at the exact right time where it's around the plate. Then you can get that sweet spot hit. You can hit a 115 mile an hour line drive and it can go right into the shortstop's glove. (laughs) And it's like you, you know, like that's the beauty and horror and tragedy and frustration of, of the game of baseball and and specifically of hitting, and so that the guy's primary skill, other than the speed, clearly the the speed and defense were, were going to be, you know, if not elite, certainly very very good, but the fact that he could hit a little bit surprised me when I looked at these numbers. Uh, because it's so difficult to do when hitting isn't like what you think about 60 to 70% of your life. These guys, you know, everyone gets in the cages all the time, constantly. Uh, no matter how good you are, the best hitters are always thinking about and working on their hitting. And Deion Sanders couldn't have been constantly working on his hitting because he was also a professional in another sport. And so that he could do that, 
remarkable. I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on it because uh, I know a lot of people like to sort of noodle about this and be like, ah, he wasn't such a good baseball player. I'm like, I don't know, man. He, he, he certainly wasn't great. I mean, he was good. He could play ball. And had he focused solely on it, I think he could have been a great baseball player. But excited to see what he does for my old school and the football team. I appreciate you all for indulging me in this conversation. Uh, It was a fun one, but I will wrap it up briefly and not drag on too long about this non-Colorado Rockies and even in some ways not even baseball conversation at this point. But yeah, let me know who your favorite crossover athletes are of all time out there on Twitter or in the Discord. It doesn't have to be baseball and football uh, because there are some really interesting ones that don't involve those sports. And I find I've always been fascinated by people who can do that. I have a hard time being good at the one or two things that I do. So it's amazing to, to see that kind of stuff. So let me know your thoughts on the subject and all that good stuff. Make sure you're checking out all the written content at milehighsports.com. Uh, You're making sure to keep up on all the other podcasts here on the podcast network. And yeah, other than that, just stay absolutely awesome out there. I will stay absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.